Real Man Sports. I think this is the 18th episode, and this week we got frequent guest Alan Sislowski back on the episode. A huge upgrade from last week when we had Jeff Erickson. We're just kidding. It's a huge downgrade. Everyone knows. But, you know, one thing I should have got you on earlier because a few weeks ago, I don't know if we did this on an app, on a podcast or you just maybe just told me this. I think we did do it on a podcast, actually. And you warned me in week 17, and I didn't listen to you. I dismissed you. Uh, I didn't take you seriously. So you're like Cassandra. And you said the Jaguars, if they get a lead, they may sit Trevor Lawrence. Now, I, I partly thought, you know, if they won't do that. But even if they do do that, he'll have accumulated points if they have a big lead. But they got a defensive touchdown. James Hasty scored a touchdown. It was bad. And so Trevor Lawrence got me six points. And Danny Dimes, who was on my bench, got me 42 points. Now, had I made that switch, it wouldn't have made any difference because the rest of my team did terrible, except that except that on Monday night, everyone knows what happened with DeMar Hamlin, and they canceled that game. So all these people that would have surely passed me and got me out of the overall money did not get points from key players like Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. And so if I had let, gone with Danny Dimes, as you had recommended, I would have finished seventh overall, and that would have been $7,500, which I did not get. So I'm not... I'm not mad about it because I only would have gotten that because of that canceled Monday night game, which was totally insane. But it was still 75. Not like I would have feel, felt bad taking the money, but my point is just that my team shit the bed so badly. Like, you know, nobody did anything for me and I had great matchups, but not listening to you did cost me $7,500. Well, you know, that was, you know, I was able to prophesize there and see the future. But usually, like, because think about what do these three things have in common? Mandate skepticism, Bitcoin, and the 2023 New York Giants. What do all three of those things have in common? That I uh, I, I was on them, all three? Is that what all, it is? All on them early and before consensus, right? This one right here, you should have been on me. And again, I, I you say it's no big deal, but the universe was already going to have whatever happened on Monday night, Monday night. And again, it, I don't think you picked the wrong guy like when you picked Trevor Lawrence, but I just saw that, that people were dismissing that the risk wasn't there. When I saw it as literally like, I, I think on this podcast, I said 35% chance that this goes wrong. In my mind, you know, I was embarrassed because people are like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I couldn't get anybody to agree with me. I believed it was 50-50 that things could go wrong and Danny Dimes had been performing well so it's like you almost had a similar similar floor eh, maybe not floor because Danny Dimes could dud out at that point but uh yeah it cost you 7500 that's uh you could dismiss that as nothing but that's got to stink 7500 man that's a sick vacation right there that you just blew no I mean it stinks don't, don't, don't get me wrong you know I, I 7500 7500 and, and I'm definitely you know unhappy that I didn't win that but a first of all, thank God it wasn't the two fifty because then I just uh, defenestrate you. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Uh, I would have defenestrated long ago. I wouldn't have dealt with that very well. Um, but also, like you know, as I said, even you know, had that game been played, I, I wouldn't have even been close. Um, so yeah, that was unfortunate. I, I just you know, I didn't think Dimes had a good matchup. I thought it was a Barkley game, and you know, Brian Dable's been so clever, and he did it in the playoff game too, of just kind of letting teams key on Barkley and just not handing it to Barkley, just keep going with Dimes running those. Uh, read options and it's killing other teams because fine just use Barkley as a decoy um, sometimes you see the Titans do it in the red zone where you know they'd fake the the handoff the play action to Henry and like Ryan Tannehill would like toss the ball to a guy just standing totally by himself in the end zone and you'd be like yeah that's a Derrick Henry touchdown it just doesn't show up like that in the box score so Dable's been taking advantage of that 
but I, I, you know, I really, uh, I'd have missed it. And, and it reminds me of one other thing, you know, there's about, I want to say 10, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, the top three picks were Ryan Braun, Miguel Cabrera and Matt Kemp. Like those are the consensus top three in baseball. But Braun had this rumor that the Balco guy or whatever, I don't know if it was Balco, but some roid rumor. But Braun had already beaten the rap previously uh, because there was like a chain of custody issue with his urine mm. and he'd beaten the rap. And I remember asking people on the XM show, like, hey, don't, you know, isn't there some sort of tail risk with this? You know, like a little chance that you can't take Braun in the top three anymore because even if it's like 5%, I mean, that's a disaster. And right. everybody dismissed me. They were like, nah, come on. He already and you start believing it, right? You start believing like what everyone's saying. You're like, I know this to be true, but. Oh, I didn't believe it. I was like, this is. Yeah. This is... <laughs> but you have a stronger constitution than I do. I will no, under the pressure. No, no, I, I agree. I, I get influenced too by people. Don't certain, but just that one, I kept thinking like, no, dude, this is like, this is in the news. This is something. And then he got suspended two months. And, you know, that, I mean, for your first pick or whatever, that's massive. And people just like, they just couldn't deal, you know, and I see this all the time. You know, some people you'll be like, I'm, I'm paranoid. I'll be like, oh, the gas is low. We better get gas now. Um, and they're like, we got 30 miles. I'm like, dude, that's I don't want to get into a desperate situation. I want to get it now. Yep. Um, or they'll, you know, it's like, oh, the tire pressure gauge is like getting funky. It's saying it's slow. I'm like, fucking deal with that shit like i don't want to like pop a tire at 75 miles an hour um you know and people are like eh. and yeah it is a slim chance of happening but if the if the stakes are high then you need to deal with it and i just know people that because it probably won't happen they just like don't want to think about it and i think there, this is like a problem in society like oh this probably won't happen so i'm just not going to worry about this well yeah, if it's a small negative, it's like, this probably won't happen. If it happens, I lose 20 bucks. Okay, don't think about it. Don't worry about it, right? It's 20 bucks, okay? That's, that's... But if it's you know uh, a risk of life and death, if it's a risk of losing your 250K, if it's big consequences, um, you shouldn't be cavalier about these small risks with, you know, with uh, bad consequences. Some people are comfortable driving with the check engine light on. Some people are comfortable sleeping with their doors unlocked. Not me. I'm right there with you. I, if there's even like a, a, a small risk and then the alternative, it, like a first round pick in the top three, there's other good players, right? There's, it's like fine. You're it's a wasteland after the top three, Alan. There's nobody to take. Oh, there you go. You know, why even play fantasy baseball, right? Yeah. But yeah, I understand. There's a tear break, and and you were talking about a little bit earlier about uh, about Danny Dimes, and you know, this is uh, not only do we think now that he's going to get you know his four years, hundred twenty million, like I'm doing it if I'm the Giants. You know, that's not even a question at this point. But I think just from like the running quarterbacks perspective, like he is now in a tier of his own. I don't mean he's the top tier, but you have your Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson types. And then after that, I, I just from a running, and maybe Justin Fields is in that top tier. Kyler Murray. Kyle, eh, yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, he's not going to be playing for four, five, six weeks. No, no, I know. And, and he's not even that good. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I mean, look, there's Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Burrow, right? That's like tier one. For, for quarterback, I'm talking about yeah. just running quarterbacks. Yeah. Dimes is in his own above those guys for rushing, and that's what makes him a top 10 quarterback. Well, not Josh Allen, yeah, but like, right. but you got you got Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, right? Those are like the tier one. I think, you know, Herbert. Jalen Hurts. Nah, I, are you talking about fantasy or real? I'm talking about real oh, life. Oh, real. Okay, I was going okay. fantasy football. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So you got Mahomes, Burrow, and and uh and josh, josh. allen that's tier one I, I think everyone knows now herbert is somewhere like 
a, a notch, half a notch below, but he's close. You know, he's young. Um, and then, you know, you've got everybody else. You've got Dak, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, um, uh, Kirk Cousins. And I think Danny Dimes is arguably pushing into that tier. You know, I mean, you could say it's only been a few games, but you watch the way he played against Minnesota, against the Colts. That guy was making great decisions. And one thing he's done recently is get the ball out of his hands. He just does not hold it and take the sack. And he took a sack against Minnesota. And I saw him taking it and he dove forward and it was a two-yard sack. Like that to me, you take a nine-yard sack or a two-yard sack. That is, sacks are not all created you know, equal. And mm-hmm. there's not code for anything. Uh, you, you, it's a two, a two yard, a two yard sack. Uh, a two yard sack is not a big deal. Nine yard sack is bad. Right. Um, so <laughs> it's like that dude that I mentioned off air at the party in the high school, you know, but anyway, the point is that's a nine yard sack. But the point is that, that, um, you had a nine yard sack. I mean, that's just, I mean, you're, you got, you got bigger problems. You have bigger yeah. problems. Pitch a tent with that thing, you know? Yeah. It's my mind is going crazy. Yeah. Yes. But, but you understand what I'm saying. He's just made great decisions yeah. and he's mobile and he's tough and is, is accurate. I mean, Slayton dropped that ball. That game should have just been over. I mean, you know, he's dealing with Darius Slayton, Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. And that's it. You know, Daniel Bellinger. I mean, this is, this guy's working miracles and he's got a great offensive brain trust behind him but daniel jones is pushing into that tier and you know what fuck all those guys that seriously were on twitter ridiculing me because i would say dave gettleman wasn't that bad well, I isn't this what i just great. said isn't this what yeah. i just said about bitcoin about early mandate uh you know anti-mandate this is all uh, daniel jones and the giants fits in of the level of pushback that you got I mean, this literally is much crap as you took for those other things. You took the same amount of crap. Maybe Daniel I mean, Jones thing is more trivial, but it took the same it's amount trivial. of crap. I mean, it was fine to disagree and be like, no, I think he sucks. But it was like they were like, ha ha, you're such a moron. You know, it was like like ridiculing me. And I was like, look at the moves he made. Look at the personnel he drafted. He drafted Dexter Lawrence, who's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. He signed Leonard Williams. He got Bradbury before he left for Philly. <laughs> He, you know, he drafted Andrew Thomas that, you know, people thought was a bust. He's just playing on a bad ankle as a rookie. And that guy's an elite left tackle now. So you get Dexter Lawrence, one of the best defensive linemen. You get Andrew Thomas. You get Danny Dimes at six. And everyone said, oh, you got to take Haskins. He's so much better. In a weak quarterback class where now I take Dimes straight up over Kyler Murray if, if we're going forward. And, you know, you get the best quarterback. The year after Eli retires, you get the quarterback. And you don't take Darnold, you take Barkley instead and, and then get dimes because that's when, you know, that's the quarterback you liked. I mean, this guy is looking better and better. And like, yeah, he's out. Well, one thing he did was he traded down. It was the Fields pick. You could argue Fields will be better than dimes. I'd probably rather have dimes right now, but it's, mm-hmm. I think that's debatable. But, um, but he traded down for a, a first round pick that he wasn't going to be around to see. And he, pro- and he knew that was likely. Almost nobody does that. It's like, you know what? I'll probably, you know, this trading this this first pick for for future value in a year where I'm probably going to get fired it's still a rebuild year um I'm still going to do that for the team so and then he traded Beckham at his peak I mean he made some dumb moves he signed Galladay that stupid contract and oh yeah, I don't think much. that Beckham at his I think that was the right time to trade Beckham the oh, value totally. yeah that's what I'm saying he, he sold Beckham high right I, I don't mean his peak he was already done I mean he traded right. back he sold high that's what the I meant other side of the peak yeah I mean sorry not his peak performance right peak. right peak acquisition you know where you could get a lot for him so he mm-hmm. traded beckham you know when the value was peak and that was a great trade yeah galladay he, that the galladay you mentioned that one that's that one i mean listen the galladay was considered to be one of the 
the prizes of free agency that year. I think that most people that watch football were like, eh, it's an overpack. It felt like the Corey Davis type of wide receiver, the guy that's like a fake alpha oh, wide oh, receiver. Totally Corey Davis. You never pay the bit, even like slightly less than big bucks, half the big bucks to the tier two and a half, three guy. Pay for the super, you know, pay for AJ Brown, no problem, Tyree Kill. Spend the money on those guys. Do not pay for the guy below the Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk worked out because the offense was good, but I wouldn't have paid for him like that either because he's just not the guy that he's replaceable. But the, the AJ Browns and Tyree Kills are not replaceable. So don't do that. So that was like also Galladay came in the league at like age 24. So he's like 29 already. He's 30. I mean, he was too old for his. So that was just a bad decision. By the and, way, and they're I stuck with never, him. They're yeah, stuck well, with him next year. Yeah. Four, four, 14.7 dead cap if they cut him. Yeah. I mean, so. You know, and, and and he hey made a good block in the Vikings game, but uh, <laughs> but 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 I never was saying Gettleman's a genius. I just said he knows talent and he made some good moves. I thought he did all right. I thought you know he made some mistakes. He made some good moves. But these guys were like, if you don't think he's the worst GM in football, you're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. And 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 it was like vitriolic. Like they were pissed off about it. Like how can you even think that? And it's just like this midwit mindset where like everything is so he said something about analytics. So he's you know on team bad. And, you know, Brandon Staley's a genius because he said good things about analytics. But now they realize Brandon Staley's a bad coach. And it's not it's just irrelevant whether you said something about analytics or not. That's this not a good heuristic for rating coaches. It's, you know, how do they actually perform or rating a GM? Like, how do the players that he drafted pan out over several years? And of course, the original sin, you know, for them was taking a running back because these people truly believe that you just take the generic position. You're not taking individuals. So they're like, well, you always take a quarterback. You never take a running back and pick two. You would always take the quarterback there. And to them, it's not relevant, actually, what happened with Darnold and what happened with Barkley, which is not even worth debating anymore. I mean, 2018, we knew that Barkley was the better pick. And, you know, Barkley's had some injuries, but he's been the better pick. Darnold's been a disaster for two franchises. And, you know, you, you say, well, well, it, you know, that's just results oriented. No, it's actually considering the individual that was drafted. And, and the other thing, and I want to write a post on this. I know I'm ranting, but no, this is what the people want though. So, but, but, it, but here's the thing, right? Even if your process were good and your process fucking sucked, by the way, if you just thought that you take the generic quarterback, but even if it were good, even if it's a process, you could know like blackjack, right? Like on 17, you on hard 17, you stay no matter what, right? Your process is good. And the next card's a four and the dealer has a 10 and the dealer gets a 10. He has 20. You would have got 21. Your process was good in blackjack because you know the basic book of blackjack. Let's assume that there's an infinite, uh, the shoe has an infinite amount of decks, so you can't even count. So mm -hmm. forget about any sort of like, oh, well, you could have counted. It's not possible to count, let's say, and, or it's your first hand you sat down and you have no idea what the count is. Your process was good for staying on the thing, but you still lost the money uh, based on that decision. Just because your process was good, you don't get 100%, right? You don't get, you don't get credit monetarily the dealer doesn't pay you because your process was good so these people when they say you should have done this and it doesn't pan out they still want fucking credit for the right answer even though because their process was good well even if your process was good you still got it wrong you still take the l because you got it wrong you don't win in blackjack now over time you're going to win more in blackjack using correct strategy than incorrect strategy but you don't get to claim the win when you know and if you do the stupid thing you're going to lose more money over time, but you do get the money if in that instance it pans out. And so, you know, what they're trying to do by trying to say, well, that was a good or a bad pick. No, 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 no. It was a bad pick. You taking Darnold was disastrous for the Jets. And there's not, it's not debatable, 
whether your process was good doesn't give you 100% on the test. It just gives you 70% or 60% or 55%. That was even if your process was good, which it wasn't because these are not decks of cards where everything's identical. You don't know that each quarter, you can't look at Darnold the same as Andrew Luck, the same as Trevor Lawrence. It's not the same fucking thing. You know, each quarterback's different. You don't just take generic quarterback X and say, oh, the base rate for quarterback value is X and the base rate for running back value is Y. That's just, I mean, how stupid. You you actually think that you with your spreadsheet doing this, you know, basic strategy blackjack applied to individual human beings who are NFL players in a complex system uh, with differing rules and differing schemes and an evolution of, of offensive, defensive schemes are going to use basic blackjack strategy and you're better than all the GMs in the NFL. You are delusional. You are fucking delusional. And not only are you delusional, that's fine. Be delusional. I'm not in your fucking timeline and your mentions fucking savaging you for your stupidity. I'm doing it on my own platform right, right. now, but that's also self-defense. You guys came to me, you know, and acted like I was an idiot for just saying the obvious, which was Barkley was a good pick. He was a much better pick than the consensus alternative. And you know what? The guy, you know who the guy that all the fucking stat nerds hated was Josh Allen. Oh, he's just a, a a raw prospect. He's a project. You know, you got to take Josh Rosen if you're not going to take Darnold. <laughs> That's what those guys were saying. They were not on Josh Allen. Josh Allen was, you know, was no. And so, um, yeah, I mean, get, you know, the uh, the ghetto Chad, um, he knew talent. He wasn't, you know, great with some of the contract stuff. He made some good moves. And um, Giants are in the playoffs now because of his moves. It's Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, Sandy Dimes, Saquon Barkley. Those are the players that matter on the Giants. And uh, by the way, you said a lot, but the, I think it really could sum it up by saying that uh, football is always a small sample size, right? So in any one given event, you use the blackjack hand to, to uh, use the, as an example, that in any one event, you could be right or wrong. And that people that are so into uh, process right? They're, they're, they're never going to see it that way because that's their just mindset is like, Hey, over a long sample size, I'm going to be uh, more right than you. But if you're not watching football and using, you know, gut feel, I mean, the reason they call it gut is because you actually feel that tingling in your gut when you know a decision to be right or wrong, or when something's wrong in the room. And I think that that is the obvious one, right? You, you know, you've often used uh, Sam Bradford as generic quarterback 1.1, right? I mean, uh, in in that draft, going back, Brad when uh, Sam Bradford was the number one overall pick, he wasn't like a typical number one overall quarterback. There was other position players that might have been a better pick. So don't just take the best guy in class or the what you're supposed to do when you know that there's better players that could help a, a football team. Yeah, that's right. I, I, that was a huge argument I got in 2010. It was no 2000. I, I think it was 2010. And I said, take Sue, who was like the dominant defensive tech. Now, Sue may not have lived up to the hype entirely, um, but he was a pretty good. He's like a borderline Hall of Fame type of player uh, through his career. And uh, he probably won't get in because he's got a bad rep. But, you know, he was a very good player for a while. Pro bowler, I think. Um, and Bradford was just kind of a, a a league average QB. He got hurt. He had Jeff Fisher. I mean, he had some handicaps. He might've been one of the richest yeah. guys. He got multiple, multiple uh, big contracts, Sam Bradford. So he just yeah. kept getting bites out of the apple too. So props to him for that, you know? Yeah. Hey, you know, that number one overall pick pedigree really does mean something, you know, it matters. But as you just said, like, you know, it's like number one, like the cutoff could be at zero, right? Like, you know, we have tiers of running backs, right? It might be, there's a big three, there's a big five, there's a big two. And then after that, there's a drop off. Well, I would say that year there was a big zero. There was nobody in the top tier who should have been the number one big pick, zero. you know, right? Because like, you know, sometimes like 
the best pick one year is the 11th best, you know, is like the number 11 pick or the fourth best quarterback another year. And you can't just say, oh, he's the best of this year and you need a quarterback. You have to take him. Darnold Mayfield was not the same level of, you know, of talent as, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to say in retrospect, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Well, those so, guys, those guys were like pick 10 and 11 Watson. I know. I know. As Trubisky was number two. Right. So that, that's the other thing. You know, I mean, quarterback is very hard to scout. I mean, everything's hard. Um, but, you know, and then you see like the Brock Purdy's or Russell Wilson's a bigger, you know, or Tony Romo. I mean, you, you can get Tom Brady. You can get quarterbacks later also. You can get running backs later. Everyone's like, oh, well, you could have just got this running back later. Oh, you should have got Nick Chubb instead of Barkley and taking a You know, look, all, all this shit, you can make these arguments back and forth. The thing is, the relevant choice there was Darnold versus Barkley, pretty much. That was that was the consensus. Barkley was you, going two, three picks later, but he didn't go there. Yeah, I mean, you could have taken Bradley Chubb. Is Bradley Chubb? They were, people were arguing like, "Oh, how many you know playoff games did the Giants have with Barkley?" I'm like, "How many fucking playoff games of the Gi- of the Angels won with Mike Trout?" I mean, this is a stupid argument. It, and it, and it, secondly, it. like it, you know, if they had taken Bradley Chubb or Denzel Ward or whoever was right there, those are fine picks too. But how many playoff games would they have won if they had those guys? The same amount, zero, right? I mean, th- now they've won one, but those guys would have helped. Barkley helped. I mean, it just like. Stop Stop acting like all of these guys are generic. And look, Christian McCaffrey is a running back. Christian McCaffrey is such a difference maker. You watch that guy play, it's so obvious, right? And, you know, even most quarterbacks are not difference makers. You know, you look at um, Derek Carr or something, you're like, you know, he's a quarterback. And those guys have him like, oh, he's so valuable above replacement. But the thing about replacement value quarterbacks is they're terrible because they're usually some backup pressed into duty. But one of those guys that right. ends up being okay, if Brock Purdy starts three games or something like, oh, Brock Purdy may be straight up better than De- Derek Carr right now. And so, that you know, it just took three games for him to, to get comfortable. Yeah, and this brings us back to the Danny Dimes ranking as a real NFL quarterback and a fantasy quarterback. Like, I think next year, just even in fantasy football, and sure, when you see the real rankings come out, people are going to be saying, Trevor Lawrence or Danny Dimes, right? And the draft pedigree of the only reason that we think of, oh, how can you say that? Trevor Lawrence, right? Because he was a number one overall pick. I told you that number one overall pick really has a lot of weight when people uh, and bias, it, it causes bias. But Danny Dimes is what, pick six? I mean, you know, anything inside, inside the top five or six, it's more or less the same. But uh, as analysts and, and just fans of the game, we don't treat that the same. Well, you know, Dimes was considered a big reach at six, right? They they killed Gettleman for that. Nobody comes back and says, you know, I was wrong about that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said he was an idiot for taking Danny Dimes at six because he nobody he ever liked. circles back though. Nobody circles back. To I mean, I, you know few. what, Devonte Adams, right? I was like, he's not elite, whatever. I was wrong about that. He went to the Raiders and lit it up. That guy was making big plays, touchdowns. I was totally wrong about Devontae. You Adams. circle back, but the I mean, average- I'm not like eager to do it. I don't like it. I was like arguing with people because he was with Rodgers at his peak and he had eight yards in a, uh, per target. And I was like, he's a possession guy. He's, you know, but this year I just, it, you know, he was great in Green Bay, but I, I thought he had a real um, headwind there, but there's no, there's no disputing it now. And it was Rodgers who was bad, not, not Adams this year. And so fine, you know, big deal. I'll take the L. Like I was wrong about that. Like come back and just admit when you're wrong. I mean, fuck, you know, it's, it, why is it so hard? It, I don't, I don't understand it. Like it's better for your own, you know, life is, so, life is yeah. easier when you admit fault, you gain credibility. And this is not just fantasy football. This is everything circling back on your losses. People think that it hurts your credibility. 
uh, I've noticed just in my experiences, it helps credibility. Oh, man, I was wrong about that. It, and also it shuts people's down in their argument. OK, I can have a, a real discussion with this guy. He, he's willing to uh, admit when when things are wrong, you know, not just hang on to their their previous uh, beliefs and and, you know, tribal, you know, allegiances. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is like, so if you make your own calls, right, if you actually think about things for yourself and then you make a call and then you get it wrong uh, and you make you're wrong, that that's true, I think. But I think if you're one of those people that's always just kind of taking the temperature of the room and mm. trying to believe what the, the cool guys believe or the good people believe or the people in the tribe that I want to be part of believe. Um, it's tough to take the L because you're taking the L on behalf of a lot of people and they won't like that. Right. And secondly, you don't have a lot of things you got right independently. Everything you got right, you got right with the crowd. So if you don't have a lot and then you take some L's, then now it looks really bad, right? Because you've got a lot of L's and not a lot of W's or at least any W's you can claim. I mean, every, everyone can say, you know, if they're with the crowd that, you know, yeah, I thought LeBron James was great or whatever. I mean, that's too obvious. But like, <laughs> right. you know, if, if say, you know, Darnold was great and Barkley was a bust, you know, everybody would say Gettleman's terrible or whatever. Um, you're not really going to take the I mean, They try to, but that's just kind of nobody cares that you they were right about that because everybody was right. Everybody believed that anyway. So I think I think it's that that it only works to take an L if you have at least a couple W's to say, well, I was right about this. I was wrong about that. Um, win some, lose some rather than just fucking lose every you know there's basically you know it just they they, there's almost like no upside in in being right because you're just every time you're right it's what everybody thinks anyway yeah and you know just going to with some of these teams by the way that are eliminated uh with the uh the wild card stuff i'm just curious like uh like where do you think some of them go from here this is uh like seattle miami the chargers vikings tampa and baltimore all eliminated and I, when I got, when you asked me to come on the podcast, I was dying to know what you think uh, is going to happen with Baltimore because other than a fluke play, I mean, they would have won that game. Oh, so, I mean, that was, I mean, I, I have Cincinnati like in that NFFC contest. Like, yeah, I have Burrow as my QB and I want to, you know, I predicted a Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl. Right. And so, I was like, whoa, I got lucky that, you know, because <laughs> it's okay. Luck happens. No, know? I mean, but I mean, you know, I don't feel bad about it. I mean, Burrow, if they score that touchdown, then Burrow gets the ball and, and gets to be Burrow and we'll see if he can do it. But I mean, right. the Ravens defense is one of the top three Real in the NFL defense. right now. Yep. You know, they got, you know, uh, Roquan Smith and they have Patrick Queen. They have th- those linebackers are like the best in the NFL and they are nasty and they could run the ball and play defense and beat a team like th- they are dangerous. And so I think next year, if Lamar is healthy, um, no, no, he's not a lock to be on that team, though. Just in fact, oh, that's right. Saying, that's right. So you think he's you know, not going to be there. You think they're going to let him go and they're not so going to pay him the money. Let me just reset the situation just in case okay. anybody. I'm sure most people that listen to you are hardcore sports fans. They know what's going on. But he's an unrestricted free agent. And the, they could do two things. They could either franchise tag him, which he would, you know, a one year deal, or they could try to sign him to a long term deal, which they they weren't even close. He wants the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed. They want to give him more like the Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson deal, the typical you're only guaranteed for three years type of thing. Uh, and then they came at him with an offer that was like I, it, it was below those guys so now it seems like there's bad blood and obviously there's well, why don't they just franchise them for a year and pay the money i mean you're not going to find a, a replacement the reason, for him right the reason is that they they uh, that there is a belief that if they franchise tag him he will not show up. up yeah he won't show up until the first day of he'll take the fines and then he'll show up on the first day that he needs to which is like a week before the season or whatever that is so now you're you have an unhappy 
guy who some of his best um, attributes are his leadership and how the guys follow him. And obviously he's a supreme athlete. It, it, you can t- franchise tag him and trade him, but unless they basically come to uh, make him the richest quarter, this is what GM should know. Whenever it's your turn to sign the franchise quarterback, you're paying him more than the last guy. It's just do it because it, ultimately it's going to happen. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay the big bucks long-term for Lamar. I wouldn't. Um, I think he's good when he's healthy. But I think his style is just a young man's style, and he's three, four years in the league now. And I would, I would, I mean, if I'm just, you know, he's done a lot for the Ravens. Um, there's, by all accounts, he's a good guy. But if I'm just an ice cold GM trying to win for my team long term, I'm not doing that. I'm either franchising or letting him go. Right. And I would, I would, I would just say to him, and I don't know if it would work. I'd say, look, we're going to franchise you. These are the rules that we have to work under. We have salary caps. This is good for us. Um, you know. When you're done, you'll be. If you have a great year, you'll command the contract that you want. You're still going to get a shitload of money under the franchise for this year, and with thirty plus mil, right? Just on the. Oh franchise. no, no, it's more than that now. Okay, 40, 40 <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you know, that's it's not like. And I would just say, look, you're getting paid forty million dollars. Um, you know, we, we'd appreciate it if you show up and and just encourage him to do so. But you know, I wouldn't demonize him in the media or anything if he doesn't. Um, but. I think you, you, you do that because he's worth it for this year. I just think that you don't want a guy who's that much of his game is predicated on running as a quarterback, um, given the way those guys age. I think he's going to get – you know, he got hurt this year. I think he get hurt again. Justin Fields is another guy. I would probably trade Fields even though I think he's good um, and, uh, and then have the number one pick, take a quarterback, and get all these other picks for Fields. I think you could just have a, just a total rebuild in Chicago. Um, but I would not, and, and Fields is three years in, so now you reset the clock, you know, with the new quarterback uh, under the rookie contract. Can I say something about Fields? Yeah. So the real, he's, there's this, um, this meme slash clip going around for the people that want to keep Fields. It's from Family Guy where they're, he's looking at a yacht. He's on a game show, and they said, do you want the yacht or do you want what's behind curtain number two? And he goes, I want curtain number two. And then the wife says to him, yeah, I've always wanted a yacht. I hope it's a yacht, you know? So it, you already have the quarterback. Now you're right. going to take but, the- But you're, you're three years in, right? So you, yeah. you're, right, so that's uh, the thing. And you don't know how good he is. I mean, you, you know, he's dynamic, incredible to watch. But I mean, maybe he's just Michael Vick. You know, my, he's a bigger Michael Vick. He's not quite as fast, although he's fast. But Michael Vick was a, a fun guy. But was he really the guy you wanted to commit your franchise to? You know, was he really that kind of player? I don't know. You know, I mean, he, he's, he's exciting, and he's definitely not a duh. He's not a stiff, right? But like, is it's he- not one or the other though. It's not. It's not okay. I'll get a guy that gives you three years back on the contract. If you do decide to take, if you decide to stay with Fields, people are forgetting the option is the number one pick will probably get you two additional ones and a couple twos, and you could turn right. those into players around. You could rebuild fields. around Fields also, right? That's yeah, the other. I see it. I just for me is when a guy, when a quarterback. I love the Danny Dimes, even Josh Allen, even though because he's so brutal and he doesn't seem to get hurt much. Uh, Danny Dimes, um, Murray doesn't get hit much. He tore his ACL on a non-contact play. It was kind of a fluke. Um, I, I don't mind those kind of running quarterbacks, but Lamar Jackson is running hard between the tackles and taking pops or Justin Fields is the worst, right? Because Justin Fields <clears throat> is bigger and more physical. Um, I, I feel like that is just... Long term, those guys just don't hold up. Steve McNair was ended up being a, a really good quarterback, quarterback, but that running, he got destroyed as a runner and had to kind of stop doing it, you know, a few years in. So um, I don't think Fields has established himself yet as a he's established himself as a star 
overall, not even a star, but like a really dynamic overall quarterback. But if, if he has to run less because he's just taking too many hits, is he a great quarterback? I don't know. Yep. So, I mean, that, that lines up uh, a trade possibly, right? So if the Ravens are like, we can't have this done, uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, a team like Detroit, that that's what it seems like the easy get for, cause they have two number one picks. You know, I think it, oh, let's see, I have it right here. They have pick 18 Detroit and they have pick six. So that's a good starting point. If, if Lamar is going to get dealt to a team and then the other team, you know, like obviously any, any good quarterback, the jets are going to be in on. Right. So, and they're a team that's ready to win now, but also with that Detroit potential trade, you know, I think Goff is on for, at least they'll get Goff back in it. And Goff again, becomes the hot potato quarterback that could at least uh, be a competent starter. So I uh, think the Ravens he- Goff is a, actually Goff is a great fit with the Ravens because they have the defense. They have an offensive line. Bateman should be back. Andrews will be back. They'll get I mean, another receiver, you know. I mean, you know, you, you put him in there and he's competent. He's better than Flacco. He's like he's like Flacco was in his prime, you know, like, mm-hmm. they, you know, you can win a Super Bowl with a guy Dalton like Dalton plus. Yeah, one of those guys, you know, he's fine. Um, so I think that's that's interesting. I mean, who knows, right? There's Two number ones, Goff and like some other, you know, sprinkle picks to get it done. I mean, it's... Oh, to I, me, that, saying- that's, that's a great... That, I mean, because Goff... See, the thing, the thing you don't here, – here's the thing about quarterback and why I think the stat heads get it wrong is they're always looking at replacement value quarterback. They're looking at like, okay, your quarterback got hurt, and now Blaine Gabbert's coming in, right? Oh, geez, you, you know, quarterback's the most valuable. If we only had Derek Carr instead of Blaine Gabbert, we'd be so much better. <laughs> but that's a stupid way to look at it, right? Because to me, the Derek Carr level you know, is something, but there's like 20 franchises should have that, right? And mm-hmm. golf is maybe even above that or about that, and – you you get that, then you're okay. You're not like in the wilderness, right? You're you're like, all right, I, I've got a, a league average competent type of quarterback, and now I now I can win with defense and offensive line and running, um, and 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 that's to me that's a great way to build. And especially as these quarterbacks start, you know, wanting long term, forty million while they're already coming off an injury racked season, yes. um, I, just give me the golf guy, you know, for a lot cheaper. And although golf's not. Is Goff still under that crazy contract with the Rams? I, well, no, I think there's one more year on there. So it's basically you're tied to him for a year. I'd have to double check it. But last I looked, it was it's one more year and it's not, you know, it's 25, not crazy. 20, something, Yeah, something in there. I can look it up while we're talking. Yeah. But, okay. I yeah, don't care. but, but yeah. do you think that the Lions, become if, the, if that trade happens, the Lions become the NFC favorite or one of the two favorites with Jackson? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jackson's good, but is Jackson great? Right. That's I mean, my question. I don't know. I don't know if he's great. You know, I think we know Mahomes, Josh Allen, MVP, and Burrow, Burrow are great. He won an MVP and he deserved it that year. Heisman um, at 19 years old. Hey, Matt Ryan won MVP. Ah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, you know, he deserved it. He had a great year, but, you know, he ran for 1,200 yards that year, you know. And again, like to me, that's every time he runs, it's great. And it's so part of his game and it's such a weapon. I mean, you have a healthy Lamar Jackson for a full game it's really tough on the defense. I mean, it's really a burden to play defense against Scott because he can pass also. It's just that if that becomes less two years from now or whatever, um, what kind of quarterback do you have there? That's, that's the question with him. And I, I would say um, if I'm the lions, I just keep golf another year and I just use those picks on like, you know, defense, whatever you need. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, and they, they could, they could be a formidable team with golf, you know, just get, you know, uh, they don't really need much, right? They just need defensive players, you know, maybe one more edge rusher, a, a second a guy in the secondary. So and there'll be a quarterback that falls to six. And, you know, not that the, they need to take a quarterback, but there'll be people willing to trade up 
you know, right. that are in the quote wilderness. I love how you describe that. Like the Washington's, the, uh, you know, teams that are behind them in the picks will move up from 16 to but, six to go get, you know, you know, I, I really like, you know, the whole running backs don't matter bullshit. It's like, I, I can see like the argument for quarterbacks don't matter. I mean, obviously they matter the most, but like Brock Purdy, you get in the right system. Like this guy's the last pick in the draft. He's doing just fine. You know, I mean, uh, they're going to have a, a decision when Trey Lance comes back. If Purdy, was, it's my next question. On oh, my yeah. List for you. yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, if he's this good, but the truth is like the, any quarterback that's not a stiff and you don't really know if you get, you know, QB one or who's just seems like a stiff, he's a stiff both on, both on and off the field. <laughs> yeah, the stiff mostly is off. Mostly, yeah. Mostly very off the field. Stiff. Very yeah, stiff. Very stiff. yeah. That's the one quality they can take off the field and put it to use. But the point is that, um, unless you get somebody who's like that, like it's so variable, right? Like where you are, like what franchise you're with, what the scheme is. Look how bad Daniel Jones was the last couple of years. Look how good he is now. Like you get a, a proper, uh, you know, offensive brain trust, you get a better offensive line, even with terrible receivers, he's good. Like maybe he's just good, but also the system matters so much, right? So is it Brock Purdy who's actually just really great fine as the last pick or is it, well, if you would put, you know, pretty much anybody in there, um, you know, Zach Wilson would have had success in that system. Maybe, I don't know. But the idea that like, oh, you, you have to get that quarterback or you have to do this. You know, the, these QBs, they, you can find a QB, but just it, what's really hard is to get like some inexperienced QB, put him in a shit situation and expect this guy who's not, doesn't have any leash. So if he's bad right away, like already everyone's like, oh, no, 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 too bad, right? Geno Smith of the Giants, right? They were falling apart. They benched him for Eli. And it's like, oh, Geno Smith's actually good. And I was like, give him a chance. But everyone's like, no, you can't do that to Eli, right? But it turns out Geno Smith is like not a bad QB. And like how many of these guys in the right situation would have thrived? And I just think like like it, it's so backward. Like obviously quarterback play matters a ton. But, I, you know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. He had a 27 touchdowns and two picks one year. Like situation quarterbacks are like running backs you put them in the situation they thrive you put them in a bad situation they're bad the transcendent ones you know can you put them in a situation where someone else would be good they're all-time great you put them in a situation where someone else would be bad they're pretty good that's you know but that's like so rare that's like you know that's like there's you know five guys every generation look at deshaun watson how much he sucked yeah deshaun watson i'm willing to because you know elite quarterbacks stay elite. I'm willing to, I want to see him with an off season. I want to see him now that, you know, the, he's a human being. He must feel like, Oh my God, everybody hates me. And you know, right. for good or bad reason, whatever. Is he ever going to get out from under that though? Ah, yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, he, uh, it, there's no doubt he's going to a psychotherapist. I mean, if he's not, he's crazy, right? I mean, you have to, I mean, at least a massage therapist at a minimum. <laughs> I don't think he's allowed to. He's well, totally I, mean, dead. I said, I wrote, I think I wrote in one of my things that, uh, that they should just hire some prostitutes and just pre don't tell him, right? Right. And just arrange, arrange the massage, but it's totally fine. But the thing is, right? But right. the thing is, it's just, it's just as unethical from his part if he partakes not knowing that they're probably, he's just doing it again as far as he knows. But, but oh. it's fine because they're in on it, right? And I was like, if that's what he needs to play at that level, you got to just, you know, right. well, his, per his perverted doesn't go away just because he gets in trouble. You know, I always yeah. say that. And it, it's a hard, you know, any, no one likes to see a child get abused, but just because you put a child abuser in jail doesn't mean they don't have those same wants and desires. It's, it's, you know, it's like those people's mindset doesn't change. That's why I said psychotherapy, but I wanted to ask you, you talk about Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. And uh, you're talking about like in the, in the right system. And it makes you, it made me think back 
to when you remember there was a debate whether Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And to me, Brock Purdy fucking Don Del Don waffled so much on that shit. He was he was totally <laughs> he was like he was so worried, right? And then it, then finally, like he got information they were taking Mac Jones, and then he got super. He was trying to talk himself into Mac Jones, and then he was so relieved that they got Lance. And then, of course, right, well, Lance, hasn't played, Lance hasn't played in two years now. You know, two years well, later, three if you count that to his last college season, he barely threw a couple uh, right passes. right COVID so, year. Yeah, the uh, so it, it makes you think that because Brock Purdy's working out so well that maybe there was some truth that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones because there was rumors at the time there was a narrative that he wanted them and but you know once they traded the picks that like made you don't trade that many picks to get Mac Jones you trade him for Trey Lance and then you know like like I said if they get all the way home with Brock Purdy and by all the way home I don't mean winning the Super Bowl I mean getting to the Super Bowl and then Brock Purdy plays fine right then you know. Now you have the real decision, right? Now you're going to see. And I, I guess these are the two. I'm curious on your take. I know a lot of people are. Is that there's you could trade Trey Lance for a first round pick, just cut your losses to like a team like Washington who needs a who needs a, a quarterback, or is this basically now a camp competition with Brock Purdy taking the first set of snaps in camp? Yeah, it's really interesting, right? I mean, it was like, oh, trade Garoppolo. Why do you need Garoppolo when you're going with Lance? It's just a distraction. I thought that. I thought, you know, you got to commit, just give him a backup quarterback. And then Lance is out and they needed Garoppolo. And then it turns out they didn't need Garoppolo. It's so weird, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Purdy makes it to the Super Bowl and plays well, I just think it's his job and Lance is the backup. And he's either the backup or you trade him. I don't think you make a competition because I just think that's like, he. why are you competing in camp when this other guy already competed in the Super Bowl? Right. I, I, well, the power of draft capital, the, the literally a top three pick versus the last guy yeah, to get two, picked. Two years later, you know, what I mean, like, you know, the, the, you know, maybe if, if they were out of the playoffs and Purdy had a good run for three weeks or four weeks at the end of the season and nah. then the next year, then I would do a competition. But if you're talking about, you know, doing well against Dallas, let's say, you know, this next game and then doing well against Philly or hopefully the Giants um, and hopefully not doing that well. And then doing well in the Super Bowl against the Bills or whoever it is, um, you know, I just don't think it's, it's a competition. Yeah, it's, it's a, over. That, why you make him compete in camp, but he competed against elite defenses in the playoffs. To me, that's right. just foolish. All right. So, but then the question is, do you want to have Lance as the backup? Yes. Or do you want to have Lance as trade? And I think you say to Trey Lance, look, you deserve to play. You know, it's, just, it's bad luck that you got hurt. Um, and we're going to try to trade you, but you're too valuable for us to give you away. So, you know, and, and of course, as you see, you got hurt. Purdy could get hurt just as easily. So we need you. But if we get a bunch of first rounders, I want you to get your opportunity if we get paid. So you just put it out there and say, hey, we're happy to have two really good quarterbacks. But if you want to give us a couple of first rounders for this guy, we'll do it and then see, see what it fetches. And then, you know, then it'll be if they get like a first and a third and, you know, it's a high first or a bad team, you know, it has a first like take it, you know, um, and or it's on the fence, you know, that's a close call. But if you don't get the, if you're getting a second and a third, then say no and just keep him as a backup. Yeah, no, I think you, that's exactly it. Because you could see that in week two, Brock Purdy can go down and then who are you going to play? Like whoever the CJ Beathard or whoever your backup is going to be. I know he's on like on the Jags now or wherever he is. So yeah, you keep both unless someone overpays. It's, you want to have uh I don't think they overpay. Just pays like a really good, not, you know, because if, 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 if Lance is really good, I think that's like around where the borderline is, you know, first, third, first, second, two first. I think you snap call it. I, right. I think if Lance is still, I mean, he's not done anything wrong. He just got hurt once, right? He didn't play the first year. And then he got hurt the second year. So if Lance is that guy, then 
two firsts is, is good for the team acquiring him. Now, we just don't know. And, and the, thing, the reason why he's not that guy for a bit is that he's, again, he's in his third year now. So he, he's, he doesn't have as much rookie contract left. So that's, you know, that diminishes his value a little bit too. Yep. So another topic that I wanted to uh, bring up with you, and I, I fed it to you a little bit on, in our DMs, is Travis Kelsey as the number one overall pick in fantasy drafts last year. Now, you know, we were on doing our radio draft with Jeff and Nick on SiriusXM, and I, and I sort of teased that that Kelsey could be the number one pick next year. And, you know, I, I definitely got some pushback, right? And for good reason. I mean, and all the reasons that were pushed that people push back with 34 years old next year, I like guys on the way up. I don't like them on the way down, but I'm just getting inside the mentality of drafters. So even if he's not the number one pick is, is Travis Kelsey, how a defensible top three pick in fantasy drafts being the state of the tight end position. Now these best ball drafts are different, right? Because, um, you need tight ends and you can't pick them. You can't find emerging tight ends on the waiver wire. So I, I think like that position may be a little bit more valued there. So that, but you know, okay, but let's just talk about redraft NFFC style. I think he'll go, you know, I'll obviously be a first rounder. He went pick nine in my, in my best ball. Uh, I, I, think, NFFC I think that's where he'll go. I think that's where he'll go. Like, you know, between seven and 12 back half of the first round. Um, the age is something real. I know it hasn't really affected him this year. Uh, much you always but, say the greats you always say the greats age better well they do age better and especially yeah. tight ends but you know when gates and gonzalez were still productive in their mid-30s they weren't at their peak in their mid-30s they were just productive and so it was like okay yeah if you got gonzalez in the sixth round in his mid-30s you still got seven eight hundred yards and six seven touchdowns but like that's not going to cut it you know you, you need kelsey to get 1300 1200 and you know you need him to get 1210 touchdowns to to be earning that you know and close 95 catches um, and also you need the other tight ends to be as bad as they were tight ends kind of picked it up at the very end of the season. There were a bunch of guys who came on, you know, there's you know, Evan Ingram, George Kittle came on. There were a bunch of them and Ingram looks like a player all of a sudden, which is just shocking how bad the giants coaching staff was <clears throat> to get so little out of him and have him be such yeah. a bust and have another coaching staff, just see the guy actually play really well. Um, he made a Ingram's lot of plays. top five, by the way, in early, like in early dynasty drafts. Uh, he should, he was, should be. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got going ahead of Waller. He's got, he's, well, you know, he's they, going don't have, they have Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I mean, they don't really have well, the Calvin Ridley you know, next year. Oh, Calvin Ridley should help. But Ridley's a couple of years away from play. I mean, who knows? He's older. Right. So, you know, I think Ingram will be featured in that offense and, and tight ends age. Well, like he's, you know, 2017 draft class. He's right at the peak where tight ends would be. So, um, so yeah, you'd need to have a lot of bust at the position to make Kelsey as valuable as he was this year. I wouldn't do it. You know, I, I've been fading Kelsey to my detriment for the last couple of years, <laughs> but you know, I've been fading Eckler as the other guy I've been fading to my detriment. Uh, but I probably out on both again. I mean, Eckler is just, I mean, he's a beast for 200 pounds. I don't know how he runs so hard uh, and he's got a nose for the end zone. He's always breaking that last tackle and he got 200 carries and he still caught all his passes and he, and he, you know, was pretty healthy all year. So is going to be top five again, Chris Liss. It's going to well, be top five. It will again. because of the pass catching is, is just, you know, if he's healthy, it's a floor and anyone can get hurt. Um, and I'm not going to say I'm out at him. I don't want to declare yeah. that because I don't want to um, put myself in a position where I'm not taking him if, if, if it's the right pick. Um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to think though who else there is to take. I mean, there's Justin Jefferson. Cap, there's, so you, I believe that J- uh, Justin Jefferson by the time one one. is the one one, and I don't think that's even going to be disputable. Anyone else that takes someone, if someone wants to take a running back, I mean, what are you going to take, McCaffrey? Sure, go ahead, God, that's fine. But you know, again, that's not what I would. I think that 
the the sharp NFFC drafters are going to lock in. The draft is going to start at two, right? Some will take Cooper Cup. Some will take Jamar Chase. Some will take a running back. Someone might take Kelsey. I like Ch- I like Chase in year three. Chase just got hurt. He he's totally fine when he's healthy. Fine, uh, yeah, fine. But I'm just saying is that this is going to be one of the easiest one one. This is going to be Adrian Peterson like locked in one one. And again, I'm not saying you're, he's going to finish his wide receiver one. He could finish his wide receiver four. But when you take a guy at one one, you're not thinking about hey, can he finish at one one? You're saying hey, do I have a chance for him to at least finish top five overall? And I think that's what Justin Jefferson is. It's just he's Jerry Rice. You know, he's just the guy. He's not that fast. He's not that big. He's fast enough. He's big enough. He just catches anything thrown his way. They throw to him a million times a game. They're in a pass-heavy offense with a serviceable, good quarterback. It's just bad defense. Everything just for Jefferson, I, I agree. So Jefferson's 1-1. And then after that, you know, I mean, McCaffrey-Eckler, the same guy almost. It's like the older guy who could get hurt, but if he's healthy, he's even better than Jefferson probably. You know, right. like if, if I, I take either of those guys ahead of Jefferson if I know I'm getting 17 games from all three. I don't even think about it. I take but, McCaffrey and Eckler ahead of him if I know they're playing 17 games. They're just a way better chance that those guys get hurt. So that's probably two and three. Actually. And Taylor will be back in the mix. I, I think Taylor will be like six. I, I think the problem with Taylor. Henry. He, Henry will be like 11 or 12. He'll be like this year, second round. Barkley, I, Barkley. Now, I like Barkley. <laughs> and you know, you're saying whether he's on the Giants. because I like Barkley because it should only get better for him. I mean, he's got low mileage for what he is. He uh, was durable this year. He's just as healthy as he's been. You know, he had that knee ACL. He's had a couple of ankle sprains, but he's pretty much been healthy uh, last year. And the Giants offensive line, Evan Neal, we'll see if he ends up being a bust. He wasn't that good this year, but he'll be in year two. They may take another lineman this year. You know, Dable knows what he's doing. They're going to do a good job building that offense. They're probably going to get another receiver. They'll sign someone to draft someone. And the offense will be better. Danny Dimes will be better. It'll be his second year in that system. I just think that... Um, that you know, if Barkley's with the Giants, which I think they will franchise him or whatever, I think they'll I think they'll end up signing Jones to the the big deal and then franchising Barkley is what I think is most likely. Um, and then uh, and then Barkley is going to be a beast in that in that offense. Yeah, it's a thin wide receiver free agency class. I mean, you know, you have Juju Smith Schuster, no, yeah, Jacoby Myers, uh, DJ Shark. Although real man follows Jacoby Myers after that badass lateral he did in that game. That was badass. You don't like you don't like Myers though. I mean, as he's a player, fine. I, you know he's fine. But like you know, Isaiah need, Hodgins, Richie James. I, you don't want Jacoby Myers. You need a game breaker. You need you know they're not available. They, they signed they're, you know the the Dolphins traded for Tyree Kill. You know the Raiders traded for Devonte Adams. Oh, yeah, trade. The, you know you could trade or you draft you know the top receivers in the class, which I don't know anything about college football. But mm-hmm. you know you use your pick on a wide receiver. Use two picks on wide receivers. You know yeah, I mean it's a deep. It's going to be a deep wide receiver. It's a deep draft class this year as far as prospects. Obviously, you don't know how they translate to the NFL. So yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. You know, but that's the thing I'm worried about for the Giants is that everyone's like, oh yeah, they'll just upgrade the wide receivers. There's this is one of the weakest free agency classes. It's a very strong running back class. There's tons of Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. I mean, it goes on and on and on. You know, but as far as wide receivers, you're looking. Juju is probably going to be, you know, a DJ Shark going to be the cream of the crop in this class as far as name brand. Yeah, I wouldn't pay. You never pay for those guys unless they're dirt cheap, and they probably won't be because of the scarcity. 
Um, you know, the Giants have done a good job with Hodgins and, and Richie James He's and good. Slayton. Hodgins is good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I want a game breaker. I want a guy who runs, you know, a 4-3 flat. Who's, Hopkins, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in his, his age curve. Would you take him? He wants to be traded. They want to trade him. He's the guy I, that's I think available. they're probably going to ask for too much. I mean, I wouldn't give a first rounder for Hopkins. Would you give a second? If you're a giant fan, I'd think about it. Yeah. I think. About okay. It so there, I mean, Hopkins probably has a year or two. He's usually the big receivers age poorly. The small receivers age. Well, he's in between. He's like not big. He's not small. He's got that kind of like route running and that skill set that ages well, but I wish he were five ten, one eighty five instead of like six, one, two Oh five or whatever he is, because maybe he's high, bigger than that. Even he, it just, you, you take more hits when you're big, you know, Julio Jones, like really slow down Andre Johnson, all those guys, Brandon Marshall is okay, but the guys that age were like Steve Smith, Derek Mason, you know, all these like Keenan McArdle, Jimmy Smith, these guys played in the mid thirties because they're small and quick and, and they can run routes, you know? Uh, so Hopkins probably for the route running will age. Well, I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it, especially if there's nothing else. So I know you put out on your uh, real band wood sub stack, Chris list sub stack, uh, all your game picks and stuff. But for people who don't read that like to listen to the podcast, you just don't have time to read. Can, can we just run through quickly? I know we're hitting up against the hour, your game picks for each of the divisionals. Do you mind if we do that? Sure. I mean, I don't have strong leans here. I, I was on Jacksonville at seven and a half or eight. Oh, yeah, and a half. I'll, I'll run, I'll run through them and then oh, you just do okay. your quick analysis on them. So okay. you have Chiefs right now are eight and a half. Uh, Jack's coming to town. What do you like against the number? I guess I'm going Jags because I had it at six and a half because I think Jaguars actually could totally go toe to toe with the Chiefs. I think they have the defenses are close. You know, the Jaguars defense is pretty good. And I think if the offense gets going, you know, Mahomes has shitty receivers too. Like it's not like, the Chiefs are the same, you know, with Tyreek Hill. Um, but two things are going against them. One is I hate betting a team that just won a dramatic game the week before. I feel like the emotions tied up in the previous week. And two, Andy Reid after the bye is extremely good. That's a real and thing. so those are really bad, uh, two bad things that I don't like. But just on the merits, like just the teams, I think Jacksonville is like, should be five and a half, six and a half. It, like they're, they're, it's not that big of a discrepancy. I don't think the Chiefs are that good. So I'll take Jacksonville, but. I could see a blowout just because of those two factors. Jacksonville comes off flat. Jacksonville, and I had ETN, Kirk, and, and Lawrence this year and everywhere, so I watched all the Jacksonville games. Yeah. For some reason, they just don't do anything in the first quarter. They're just really slow starters. And you know, against the Chiefs, it might be over if they do that. All right. We know you're taking the Giants with the seven and a half, so we'll move on from there. Um, it, it, I'm sure you're taking the money line on that one. Uh, Bill, no, no, I don't need to bet. I, my money line is in my... You know, Harsh. first of all, I got the Giants 70 to one to win the NFC. So if they win that game that, you know, I can hedge. I'm in play. I probably won't edge, but you right. know, then that's, so I don't need to bet on that game. 70. Would you put a hundred bucks on that? hundred bucks, 70. Yeah. Good. Beautiful. All right. Buffalo five now. And then Cincinnati with three of the offensive line now out. Yeah. That's the thing. Right? I, I love Cincinnati. And then now they're missing offensive line. And the, and the thing about Burrow is he's so good, but you know, he's got to be able to get the ball down the field to Higgins and yeah. Chase to beat Buffalo. And, and can he even have time to do that? So that's a stay away now. I, I was on you, since he was a You have away. to pick it. Five. You have to pick it. Okay. I'll take the Bengals plus five. Okay. And then the last one is 49ers is a uh, field goal in the hook. So it's three and a half uh, in, with uh, against Dallas. Give me the Niners. Dallas looked amazing last week, but the Bucks were terrible. It's just like Green Bay against the Lions. Like Green Bay was bad all year. The Lions were tough. Of course, the Lions, even with nothing to play, were going to beat that shitty, fake Green Bay team. And Tampa was the same way. They won eight games. Three of those games, Brady made these like totally miraculous comebacks, you know, where they were like down 14-3 and they got two touchdowns in the last five minutes uh, to go eight and nine, that team, and with an easy schedule. And so 
Um, I think Dallas was great last week, but sell high, lay the way with the Niners. All right. And then the last thing I want to tell you is that, you know, I, it was, uh, when I was listening to you and Jeff last week on Real Man Sports Podcast, I forgot how much I missed you guys together. And again, I think Jeff and Nick are doing an amazing job. I love listening to them every day. I think they're doing an awesome job. But obviously, nostalgically, to hear you guys together again, it really it was awesome. And I know a lot of the fans of you, fans of Jeff, both felt that way. And obviously, you know, how I started uh, wor- working with you guys was listening to your show and calling into the show. So I thought that that was uh, amazing listening. I ha- had a long car drive. It just made it zip by. So I-, I-, I believe I speak on half of a lot of people when I say that was awesome and uh, really brought back a lot of good nostalgic feelings. Thank you for saying that. Uh, I'll probably get them on more often. You know, I'll, I'll probably do the Rotowire podcast, which I haven't done. I've just been doing the XM show. Um, but then I'll get them on this too. You know, I'll get them on as Absolutely. one of the guests. That so. was that was the request. I'm going up to the DJ requesting my favorite song. Okay. But again, yeah. you know, so there it is. Yeah. So I soften gonna, you up at the end here. Softened yeah. you up. Well, are you are you going to ask about the AI uh, GPT chat? Oh, right, right. So one of the other things I had was uh, so I'm as I scroll through my TikTok feed and my and I know that you love TikTok, right? But uh, I'm seeing a lot about GPT chat and what uh, so. One, I just want you to explain it to me is in the total for dummies version and then explain like why, what is going on? So GPT chat, what is it? And should I be doing this? Should I be involved with it? So I don't, I'm not like the expert on this by any means, but I did play around with it. And apparently, you know, it's this technology where it's artificial intelligence can actually use English language, machine learning. I don't know exactly how it works, but spits out, text that sounds like somebody wrote the text so like a college this, level essay well, this is a real problem for colleges because they're like mm. now you know i mean my my brother i don't know if i should say this but he's you know he's almost 50 <laughs> he used to pay to order in term papers when he's in college <laughs> he'd pay like a 100 bucks and some dude from somewhere would send him the paper and he'd turn it in because he hated school so much and he had to pass right that so was a thing though that was a thing back in the day there was like every 80s movie had like a nerd that wrote the term paper for you yeah i or, mean you or know, if he needed protection against that was the a movie like he really did he really did it you know yeah and and the thing is like but i get it because it's like you're jumping these fucking hoops to get this credential so that you can get a job and you know you could be a great salesperson great at your job my brother's like really successful he was good at stuff he just hated school so it's like so the the society's like you got to do this shit to like get this piece of paper without which you can't get a job so it was like but i but he just constitutionally was unable to do it or just couldn't just really hated it so why so, not pay so a little G- money and get it, right? So GPT chat just makes that business gone. But although colleges could probably check to see if it's a GP, there's probably ways to like check if it's generated versus human, but pretty soon it won't be able to because it's getting better. Mm. And so, you know, if you're like, you know, I, Heather tried it, you know, and she writes about wine. I'm like, write about the Alsace Rhine wine region. I don't know. I'm just making this shit up and say, you know, what, what are the, you know, talk about the grapes and blah, blah, blah. And the shit wrote something. She's like, this isn't actually bad, right? This so you bad. go into, you go into this software, right? Which is free. And yeah, you, you, get, you in- log in, you get a login, you got to give your email. And it, it's a little, I like, I don't want to contribute to it too much because you're, you're making it smarter. And then you're, you know, and the shit may be, you know, your boss one day. I don't really think so. I, I there's a great uh, Naval Ravikant quote where he says, if you think uh, AI is going to replace you at your job, then it will. Mm. In other words, if you think, that AI could replace a human, then you're exactly the type of human that AI will replace. Gotcha. Um, so I don't think it can really replace creativity. And, and I actually wrote a, a long post on this in my, uh, my other substack, my chrysalis.substack called Tree 3, about Tree 3 versus Graham's number. And it's a crazy way to get there. But I'm basically like, 
the machine has a limit and creativity, you know, people play games, kids learn by playing games, right? They learn by um, creativity and games is just the machine will never beat that. But if you're, if you're just trying to apply yourself mechanically, like so many people, the 10 steps to do this, the five hacks to do that. Oh, the machine will kill you in that, right? Mm -hmm. Machine will, you know, you're, you're not any match for the machine. If you just mechanically linearly apply yourself in the way that, you know, you're sort of instructed to. So there's going to be a big divide of like, who's totally replaceable and who's not, but it's, it's not intelligence. It's more just mindset and, and creativity. But, but let's get into like what it actually does. So I actually, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little bummed you never saw this. I thought you would have liked it. So in one of my- uh, you Can know, you repost it? On, when, so by the time this podcast posts, can you re, uh, repost the Zach Wilson GPT I'll chat? Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll just repost that clip. Yeah. So basically I said, you can have to tell a story. Tell a story about how Alan Soslowski um, single-handedly with his bare hands conquers Putin in Russia, right? And it'll <laughs> tell a story. Like, Alan Soslowski trained hard. He lifted weights, you know. You know, he was old, but he, you know, he, he was bald, but it didn't matter. You know, it, it'll, it'll come up with like, they don't know that you're bald, but the point is, well, it'll it, might. Up, it, can, it can look at pictures. It's not that me. deep yet. It, it oh, doesn't, okay. it does. I mean, eventually, right. It's going to take in all the Twitter, everything, you know, it's going to know who everyone is. Um, by the way, we don't call it bald. That's offensive now that we call it the shaved head community. Yeah. Uh, follically challenged. What's the, what's the, the, uh, but so yeah, it, we might not know that you're in the shaved head community, uh, just yet, but, but the point is that you can ask it to tell a story. And I asked it to tell a story just for the hell of it. Cause I was asking it like stuff about like COVID and it was giving like that boilerplate, you know, CDC bullshit, you know? And I was like, Oh, garbage in garbage out. Right. That's the problem mm -hmm. with AI is like, it's not going to be able to, it's got to get to the point where it can actually decide who's reliable, whose predictions are, have come true, who's have been false and then start to like weight those sources. It's not programmed to do that yet. And of course the people with the power of programming the shit aren't going to let it program it that way. Cause you're going to have it say some very intelligent things that they don't want you to believe. So, um, but what, what I did is I said, uh, tell a story about how QB one, QB one, if you don't realize yet, is Zach Wilson of the Jets quits football uh, to, to devote himself to devote himself solely <laughs> to managing a harem comprised entirely of his mom's friends. And it told the story. It said, Zach Wilson, he loved football, but you know, he, this is his calling in life. And he devoted himself <laughs> solely to running a harem comprised of his mom's friends. He serviced the harem. He took it, you know, so it was a whole, and it told the story, you know, of that I'll, I'll repost and that. And what would you have given the um, the create? Because you said creativity is a chink in the armor. So was it a B minus creatively, or was this one more of like an I A mean, minus? Like I mean, just the subject matter was funny. It's like a Mad Lib, right? It's like it's like mm. Mad Libs are funny, right? You remember Mad like, Libs? I yeah, forgot Mad about Libs, Mad Libs are hilarious, right? But Great. this is going to put Mad Libs out of business because you can just have it do the whole thing. You don't I think you don't they've need... been out for a while? Yeah. Well, I, I I did it with my daughter. She loves it. But like, but you know, now you can just say we don't need a noun and a verb and an adjective. You just do you hear, tell a story about QB one. And it tells a very compelling story in my opinion about probably what QB one should do mm. with this time. So I thought it was, you know, interesting. Yep. So you're pro GBT chat jet for, I mean, you, you like what it's upside could be. I mean, right. No, no, it's horrible. You're, you're I, anti. I, I, well, no, yeah. I'm not anti look it. Technology is right. I mean, I hope they're not like technology. That's like, let's build a, let's edit everybody's genes and the, and, and so that, you know, you can, you know, choose what kind of baby you want and eliminate right. other things. Like, I think that's problematic. You know, it's not every technology should be pursued just because we can, but this is the kind of technology that's already valued at like 20 something billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a technology that's going to happen. It's not malign in its way that it's being used yet. Right. I mean, this chat stuff is kind of funny. It's kind of fun. It'll replace Google search because you're going to just have, 
instead of like getting these totally irrelevant searches, you're going to ask it and it's going to find you the thing. If you need to code something, they say, like, if you, how do I build code that, you know, in Python that, that outputs, you know, that, that's basically a calculator plus this that can do division multiplication. It'll just print the code for you. It'll find the Python and, you know, this, right. this is pretty powerful, right? So you're, it's going to make everybody so powerful, right? Now you're already much more powerful. They say like a kid in Africa with a smartphone, a $25 smartphone, has more information at his fingertips than Bill Clinton did when he was in the White House. Wow. Okay, he doesn't have what everything that Bill Clinton had at his fingertips because because <laughs> he didn't have interns, right? But the point is, the point is that like just think about that. Like a random person in Africa with a twenty five dollars smartphone has more computing processing power to get information yeah. than Bill than our president of the United States did twenty five years ago, twenty years ago. So, so think about what this is going to do for the individual. It's going to make you you know be able to code something just by telling it. Yeah, I mean, it's and and there's going to be like second, third order effects that we can't even really fathom yet until like the first order effects are processed. Like we can all just build some robust program for anything we decide in any computer language we want. I think I think that's going to be possible. I think the easy and the the very harmless and vanilla version of this is that if you're starting like a blog and you're doing a video that you can have written content created for you on a topic that you want to become an expert in. I mean, that's the very harmless. Uh, innocent version of this. So if I'm, you know, for Rotowire, if I'm writing a, a article on Lamar Jackson, that this could at least be a base for that. I could put in all the things that I want to talk about. It puts it up there and then I could kind of edit it to, to, to have my voice, my flavor in it. Well, and you know, that's what happens with Google Translate. You know, in Portuguese, I'll just translate or Heather especially because I suck. But like, so just, tr- you know, write something in English, have it translate Google Translate, then edit the Portuguese rather than drafting it from scratch. There it is. In Portuguese, right? And so this is the same thing. You write, you say, write about Lamar Jackson, and then you edit it rather than writing from scratch. I, I kind of think that's going to be done a lot. And who knows if Rotowire player notes are going to rely on that or whatever. But, but I actually think that like it's going to make it worse because you're going to be starting with, again, if you're a good writer, right? If you're creative, um, I think you're better off writing. I think if you're just yeah, trying to get content up there, that's fine. Um, this levels the plane. This is steroids for the average writer. Yeah, it just it's just quick is the thing. It's just going to save time, you know. Um, but it's you may, ne- may never yeah. may never become a good writer because you may never learn, you know use those muscles. It's kind of like you know how many phone numbers did you know in you know in 1985, and how many phone numbers do you know now? Your brain muscle is atrophied for memory. Your memory is not as good. You know, people are not going to know how to write, you know, as well, maybe because any sort of basic writing can just be generated. So the pushback on that, though, is that fine. You don't have to store like I knew, like I could still tell you my childhood phone number, my friend's phone numbers. But now that space is freed up in my hard drive to remember other things like, you know, video editing or whatever, you know, other skills. So that's the other argument as you as you automate trivial things that don't really need to be memorized. You free it up for more creative and more expressive things or that memory muscle is just weaker and so you, you you're doing other shit but your memory's right. not i mean i don't know you know the brain is complex you know so maybe you know i think you could you know you could study this but um yeah it is here you know it's happening and nothing Cheap. we say is going to change that and um it's I, I think you know i don't know um i i think i don't think it's as big as bitcoin although it could be. i mean these are there's things happening in the world that are going to turn things upside down and when they're early people say oh that's a nice tr- that's a that's a curiosity. That's, you know, that's fun. Or, you know, Paul Krugman, uh, who's wrong about everything, um, mm. basically famously said the internet will have as much impact on the world as the fax machine. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, so like, you know, I think, I think some of these things are going to, and the AI is, is a good candidate is one of them to really shake things up. And then the last thing I have on here, and we can wrap or cut this out, whatever you want to do here, but, and I'm sure you're going to talk about this on your, your real man would solo pod, but you know, I couldn't help but notice a little sort of spike in Bitcoin over the last, you know, short while. Is there anything that any particular reason you can, uh, you know, that you could say that that's because of this? Like, why all of a sudden is it gone from 17 to 20, 20, you know, that what, what's happening right now to the best of your knowledge? I don't know. Um, and I don't, you know, short term price movement is, is hard. I think that it's, you know, there's it, it could just be sort of a momentum thing. A bunch of people started buying. I know that what's happening in the market, which I don't like, but it's just a fact of it is there's a lot of leverage. People uh, borrow and short, borrow and long. And when the price starts to move against them one way or the other, they're for, the shorts are forced to cover and buy the shit out of it. Um, and that sends it up really fast. Same thing on the way down. Um, people are leveraged long and they've got to dump everything they have. Um, as it goes down, they get liquidated. So some of the volatility is because people are just gambling on it, which I think is stupid. You buy and hold and forget about it and use money that you don't need to spend in the short term. Um, I think part of it is the, you know, the whole, um, FTX thing that totally collapsed, did not kill it. You know, it's still hovered mm. in the 16s for a month or two after that. It didn't go down lower. I think there's just a lot of just diehard dollar cost averaging hodlers that just buy, 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 you know, just every week. And there was just that floor that they're just not going to, you know, they're going to keep getting it. And so all the ones that were to be sold, the other bullish thing is that, um, you know, that one of the things that FTX did was they spoofed Bitcoin, it was paper Bitcoin. So, but, you know, right. the demand comes to the market, people are like, hey, I want to buy some of this. And like, sure, open an account with us and we just sold you two Bitcoin and we take your money. Well, they didn't really have Bitcoin. They just had a, an account that said they had Bitcoin. And it turned out FTX wasn't even buying the Bitcoin. So what so happened the, to those people? They, they, they just, when they bought, say I bought a Bitcoin for whatever it was, $28,000. Well, 